everyone. My name is Teresa Holmesty, and you're listening to the special Earth Week podcast series where we talk sustainability. I'm joined here today by Dr. Allison Arnold to discuss human sustainability. Dr. Arnold, how are you doing today? I'm doing well today. Thank you for uh, this conversation. Yeah, well, I'm excited to have you today. So um, we're just going to jump right in and I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself, who you are, what you do. Sure thing. So once again, I'm Allison Arnold and I'm with CMU. I'm with the Interdisciplinary Center for Community Health and Wellness at the university. And it's a multi-college collaboration um, that really looks at the resources and the expertise within CMU and connects that uh, most specifically to look at community health priorities. And so in our region, uh, when we think about um, health and wellness, it really is under a broad context of all the factors that can contribute to one's uh, quality of life, their health, and really over the lifespan, beginning in, in early child development all the way through, um, you know, across the, the years of their lifespan. Yeah, so when I was looking for someone to find for this, I found this interdisciplinary center for community health. And the two words that kind of stuck out to me um, were interdisciplinary and community. Um, Cause I thought that that was really relevant to the subject of sustainability. Mm-hmm. So with that, that being said, um, what does sustainability mean to you from your respective background or from your personal experience? Well, I think those two key words really ring true uh, to me as well, Teresa, because when we think of um, community and we think of um, health and wellness, uh, I mentioned it's, it's uh, something that is a lifespan point of view and that we recognize that one's health is totally connected to the environments, the places and spaces and the relationships in which one is living and growing up. And so those are all, many of them are community-based. There's this uh, nesting that's kind of ecological when we think about health and development and um, nurturing um, health across a lifetime. So when we think about children and their earliest development, if they have safe and supportive and stable relationships that are nested in their growing up, that's going to help them develop a healthy brain and body and nervous system. Um, But when we look at um, family units that may be nested in communities, we also have to make sure that those roots of the community also have those nurturing factors. And unfortunately, not all communities can, can, um, you know, say that they have these nurturing roots. And even in our uh, immediate region of CMU, we are really working with communities that realize that, you know, we need to strengthen our root systems for uh, a number of our children, families, and adults in the community, whether it be would be access to, to healthy food supplies. Um, so there's food security that is important to health. There's all kinds of other issues that are um in community-based environmental safety. We have communities not so far away who have struggled with the quality of water, which has led to a whole issue of health that certainly is gonna impact children, but it's gonna impact generations upon generations. And when we think about sustaining health, it's important that we understand that 
our, our growing up, our healthy development is intricately tied to the environment around us. And that environment is not just the physical environment, it's social relationships, it's lack of isolation, it's connectedness to a sense of um, uh, community that one lives in. On a more personal note, um, what is your like relationship with sustainability? Sort of what, what brought you to where you are today? You know, I think I had this awakening about um, my background in many cases comes from an early childhood education perspective. And I always knew how important those earliest years were for growing up and um, building strong bodies and brains. But I, I guess I never really um, considered until I came into this knowledge about how that earliest experience in families and in environments shapes our body and our neurophysiological development for our lifetime. And it can also set us up um, for potential health risks, uh, future, you know, down the road across the lifespan. And so how, how critically important we think about health, not as the absence of disease, or the absence of illness, but what is it that we can do to sustain wellness at every point of life? Because some, uh, we know that someone may have a, a terminal condition, but they can still feel well, and they can still feel, even though they have an illness, they can still create and sustain um, and um, relationships and settings and support spiritually, socially, emotionally, physically, um, they can help, we can help build those sustainable relationships. So at any point in life, we can be working towards wellness, even when we um, may not physically have um, the conditions that we would define as, you know, um, complete wellness. Mm -hmm. And so I know that we're already kind of talking around this, but to just like uh, outright name it, um, I invited you to represent human sustainability. And so in your own words, um, could you explain what human sustainability means and how that might be different than just what we generally perceive as sustainability? At its core, it's relationships. Because humans in, in my deep sense of feeling are we're wired for relationships that's our design that's what that's what makes us so uniquely human the ability to um, establish those relationships sustain those relationships nurture those relationships not that other species don't do that but this is a, a unique and wonderful miracle about human development that it is so relationship based so if we can strengthen relationships and the ability for us to to um, help nurture and support and help people come to understand how important and powerful positive relationships are for sustained wellness, but also for sustained humanity, the compassion uh, we and empathy uh, um, across relationships and building understanding is so critically needed right now. And 
um, understanding that the community relationship is is so important to as an underpinning for all of us to feel as if we are um, supported and able to sustain our health and well-being, and under and the understanding that some communities um, are are it's not an equal playing field for uh, from community to community, and as we've seen with this pandemic, it's really shed light on that, that there's some terrible inequities that are um, structural that go back um, a generation after generation, that they're not just an historical narrative, but they are, have actually gotten hardwired into our physiology because we know that this relationships and these experiences, they get epigenetically connected into our uh, sustained wellness as a as a individual as a family tree as um you know as a a family a human family um overall so going from there um i'm not very informed on i mean out of all of them I'm not extremely informed on human sustainability, but I am seeing a lot of overlap between it and um, what I often talk about social sustainability, where we're talking about um, equity and accessibility um, and oftentimes justice. So it's very interesting to hear those same um, words and those same concepts being brought into this when we're talking about health, um, because, you know, like, accessibility from my experience um it is health is really important to sustainability i mean not just for human health but also when we're talking about sustainability we're talking about the planet and like the health of the planet and um those two things are related um so it's it's really really great to hear you talk about the equity and um accessibility as part of this of human sustainability um especially when, you know, you bring up the pandemic as well, everyone's access to healthcare or resources is not, has not been the same. I mean, that's not just because of the pandemic, that's kind of always been there, at least here. Um, so, and, and, and as we begin to look at what are those inequities in, um, in, in health across different populations, I will say that I think the, 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 the medical and healthcare fields are, are really, really looking at their models now about how care has been delivered, how we presume or assume uh, certain kinds of health conditions across the population at large and, and haven't really taken that time in some ways to look at the differences uh, in different populations. But, um, you know, when we think about chronic illness and how it presents in different populations um, in in communities of color, you can't not connect that to the environment and to structural issues that have been in place for decades, for, for years, for hundreds of years, because we know now scientifically that our environment of, uh, you know, physical environment, social environment, uh, racism itself as a trauma um, shapes one's health and well-being bodily, emotionally, and we know that that kind of trauma is epigenetic. That it does get kind of um, um, 
intertwined with the way that our bodies develop, the way that essentially our genes get expressed and passed along. And so I think there's an awakening in the medical fields about all kinds of conditions, asthma, chronic illness, diabetes. What are the not only environmental factors that have maybe predispose certain populations for some of these chronic conditions, but also, you know, what, what factors of chronic racism and structural racism and historical trauma that um, need to be considered as well. And so I think when we look at sustainability, human sustainability, and we think about um, wellness and health as part of it, it's just a, a real easy thing to see how aligned and connected these um, these questions are. Mm -hmm. um, so going from there, what do you do you think we need to do to really build healthy communities? Because um, that's that's a really what we're talking about communities. The, the emphasis on communities. What are we supposed to do to have not just healthy, but as you say, communities like well, where wellness is at the core of those. Well, I think um, one of the things that our center's really involved in is raising awareness uh, about not just the alarming community priorities, but, but that is important to raise awareness about um, the needs of uh, across the community, whether that be different kinds of access to healthcare, access to services, if there's a need, if there's food insecurity in a community. So helping build awareness about what are the needs and priorities around health in the community. And that takes engaging every voice that uh, in the community, not just someone coming in and doing a study and saying, you know, here's, here's what we've identified. So how do you build that space where uh, communities have those conversations and can uh, recognize that the wisdom for addressing and responding to some of these priorities is in the community because that's where the roots are. And so how do you strengthen those roots? You don't bring in something else or, you know, pour some other thing in. It really is how do you strengthen the, the assets and the resources in the community? And a lot of that happens through education and so, and engagement. So those two, you know, kind of avenues, I think are key to, in, you know, um, activating, um, the desire and interest and engagement uh, across the communities to, to, to make it a priority um, that health and wellness is, is an sustainable, sustainable and valuable thing that needs to be done. Yeah. There's, um, there's a, um, regionally, there's an initiative that CMU is involved with and many organizations are involved with and it's called Thrive. And it's called, and that's an acronym and it's, um, is means transforming health regionally in a vibrant economy. So it connects all the avenues that, you know, if, if, if for a community to thrive, for businesses to be successful, for the community to be attractive, for people to want to live and come and raise a family in and, you know, attend CMU and, and stay in the area to be a doctor and to practice in. For communities to be attractive in that way, to thrive, um, they need to understand that health is absolutely as, as important as economic interest. So this uh, initiative that's underway in our region has been very broad-based. 
And um, a big component of Thrive is getting out and connecting with uh, communities um, to engage the experts with the wisdom and the lived experience in rural, in more urban areas in our surrounding region to kind of come to come to the table with ideas and resources. Well, you mentioned education and engagement, and that's definitely what we're trying to do here right now, right with this podcast, with all the work that you know I do with the um, DEI and what you do with the Interdisciplinary Center. Um, so I guess from there, um, do you feel like this conversation these that we're having is is a very mainstream one. Um, have you have you engaged with this kind of material? I mean, do you, do you see this kind of discourse happening in the in the public a lot? Well, can if to be totally honest, I feel a little vulnerable in this conversation with you, Teresa, because I think we need more of these kinds of conversations. I can't even pretend that I can see this from every angle. I'm bringing my angle to this. I think that there's a a tremendous opportunity to keep these lenses. It's almost um, kind of prismatic that we need to kind of look at sustainability through a prism perspective of um, the different elements and how they reflect on each other. So I, I would love to be part of continued um, exploratory conversations across disciplines. And I think that this is wonderful that you're beginning to open up this space. So thank you. I feel a little vulnerable because I won't pretend to be an expert in all um, angles on sustainability or even human sustainability. I kind of see it through my own prism right now. I'd love to have that broadened and I'd love to try to weave in more connections even beyond this conversation. Well, just last week I was on a panel and um, I kept saying, every, before I said anything, I kept saying, I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert, but this is blah, 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 you know? And I had uh, Dr. Nikita Murray tell me afterwards, say, stop saying you're not an expert. You're an expert in what you know. Um, and so, you know, I understand that vulnerability. I feel that a lot of times, like I have to clarify, you know, oh, I'm a student or this is not my specialization. Or, and this is not a topic that I know a lot about. Um, so... And take that idea of being an expert in what we know and valuing that lived experience and then go back into the community and think about how we how we tap into that lived experience in our communities and value that and figure out a way to engage that in our conversation. So we're all um, kind of experts in our own lived experience, but I'm I'm. I'd love to travel that vulnerable few next steps about how we weave some of these together and bring these different perspectives um, to a conversation with one another. Mm -hmm. I did really love how you said you talked about sustainability as a prism um, with the, the light. Cause I, you know, whenever I talk about sustainability, it's always like the word I use is intersectional because we're talking about, these different, you know, interdisciplinary is one word, uh, but intersectional where there's these lines and they're all just meeting and all these points, you know, the, the key words here, like if you were to transcribe this conversation at the very top, like the most used words would probably be, you know, community, health, um, equity, accessibility, um, just there's so much to it there. And so um, 
you know, I think that it's really cool that we do get to come at this from so many angles. Problem with that is that sometimes we, we kind of uh, forget certain angles or, you know, aren't, aren't used to considering them, especially, you know, that was your answer to if this is a conversation that happens a lot in the mainstream public. And, you know, I would agree with you. I don't think that there's enough conversations on this. And it's like, that's because we need that we need to start them. And, um, you know, we have to first see the prism. And it's such a huge one that it's like, oh, this isn't so easy. This isn't so easy to just bring out there. Um, you know, I, I've, I have talked about this many times when when I when me and Eric Urbaniak, um, who's my coworker, talk about sustainability, um, it can be very difficult because it's not always marketable. Um, and so, you know, it's not something easy to sell. It's not like a little, oh, recycle, you know, it's not a little green arrow. It's like <laughs> this whole thing, like mm -hmm. we live in a really complicated world and um, our issues and our solutions are really complex and they're not perfect or anything, but, um, you know, we need to pursue them. So I'm glad that that's maybe something that you can relate in as well coming from your background. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the, um, the tendency that we may be feeling um, in the current context is, you know, people get um, stuck in a point of view and or they get invested in a certain uh, way of thinking. And, and sometimes that happens in professional sectors, too, where, you know, when we're when we spend our whole lifetime um, in a discipline, deeply going deeply into a, a train of knowledge, sometimes to pop our heads out of that and look at another way of understanding that knowledge, it requires some exercise to do that. And so I think these kind of exercises of having different people speak with you and kind of let folks out um, more broadly hear these different perspectives. It just keeps our minds open. Um, again, that growth mindset that we're always we're going to continue to learn more and more um, um, about this arena. That it's an ever expanding kind of um, uh, landscape. When we think about um, you know what can we bring together as resources and um, in new ways, even. I think sometimes we think we've got the sustainability formula figured out in certain areas, and we don't. I, we may not, I guess. And so I think, you know, kind of re examining our own um, assumptions about sustainability is, a, I think, a positive thing. Mm -hmm. And I see you building off of what I said, Dr. Murray's point about how, um, oh, well, you're an expert in what you know, but at the same time, you'll never be an expert in everything. And so like hearing, like hearing other people's experiences and like reflecting on what you think you know is also equally important. Um, you mentioned that sometimes professionals, I would argue that experts and professionals are the ones who get most stuck into their point of view um, because they're not used to being challenged. I, I should say they're not used to being critically challenged. Um, don't I, They get challenged a lot, but not in like a an action, you know, where um, that's a whole different conversation. They get challenged um, very rarely with critical perspectives that are, you know, nuanced and complex. So and, I feel and, like I should clarify yeah. that. And, and mindset is, is um, a phenomenon, a, a dynamic that 
the more that we are invested in um, our, our education, our discipline, all the things, all the knowledge that we've created and built in our, in our field, the deeper we are in that, the more invested we are in that. That begins to form our mindset. And so to shift that mindset takes practice. And, 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 you know, takes us being, you know, wanting to do that. So um, that's where I think interdisciplinary work really is a gift to us all because it invites us to kind of, um, to rise, kind of, kind of come out of our own point of view, um, look at a problem or an opportunity um, and invite another field of knowledge, another discipline to kind of look at that together. And, and, um, and oftentimes that's where the innovation occurs. And we're seeing more and more um, professional um, care in, in health and in, um, the field of medicine, more and more, we're seeing interdisciplinary, interprofessional teaming when it comes to really providing quality patient care, recognizing that the different, um, in order to treat the whole person, you might have different um, points of view that are all work and that cumulatively are, are, are just a, a wonderful remedy for um, helping patients heal and thrive. Mm-hmm. And sort of moving moving from this conversation um, into my next point is um, who who do we need to get involved in sustainability? We're talking about different perspectives. So who who is it that we need to get involved? Well, I think it it needs to be um, an approachable conversation in every forum. So how do you have the idea of sustainability be something that everybody can approach and um, discuss without it being um, initially something that um, is a, I guess, black and white kind of, um, you know, I'm for it or against it kind of a charged word. So if you take the charging, <laughs> the, the electricity out of it and just let it be an idea that we can all approach in any kind of conversation space, whether it's little children and taking care of their world as they grow up, or if it's an elder and why is it so important that that elder's lived experience is shared, um, you know, broadly. Um, I, um, uh, my niece um, is working on the Navajo reservation and she talks about how concerned they are with COVID because they're losing so many of their elders teachings that hasn't gotten shared yet. And so I think, again, this idea of not only sustaining the environment in our communities, but sustaining our, our knowledge and our relationships and our exchange of wisdom from generation two and generation is also a big part of sustainability for human sustainability, I think. And to name that directly, um, we had another guest on, um, Kathleen Hart, who is the equity program coordinator from the Saginaw um, Tribal College, the Saginaw Chippewa Tribal College. And we discussed cultural sustainability, which is directing that, that wisdom and that knowledge and that heritage, um, how we approach things, um, life 
ways and 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 cultures so um it's really amazing in this to see all of these things just in this conversation come together um that are so complex but also so necessary because they're not simplified um you know I mean, it's possible to get a little bit too much in there because we're you can speak broadly and nuanced together um but yeah i, I guess think it would i think it would be fun to come up with a hundred conversation starters about sustainability that are just totally um you know useful in any kind of forum and any kind of conversation between two people many people it doesn't matter what your discipline is but to just have people begin to think about this idea in ways that um you know isn't necessarily tied to another an agenda of any sort mm -hmm. yeah and um I mean, this is definitely, we could just, the conversation never ends. So um, I, this is our final episode of the special Earth Week series. Um, and so, you know, I think it's good that we're ending on a note where it's like, oh, even though the series isn't over, the conversation doesn't end um, no. and it just keeps going. So um, I guess now that we're kind of nearing the end of this one, um, what, what would you want listeners so far who've stuck through with us to take away from this conversation? Well, I hope it sparks curiosity about this word, sustainability. And, and because we're human, human sustainability in all of this. So I hope it sparks curiosity for more learning. And um, I hope that it inspires some, maybe some personal action on any listener's part to get involved or to reach out or to go have a conversation about this with someone else, because that's how we kind of build the, the conversations that lead to people moving and becoming engaged. So I hope it sparked some curiosity and I hope it maybe inspired some personal action. Yeah, and on that note, do you have any final words, um, thoughts, or maybe advice to some of our listeners? No advice, um, because I, I think my final thought is we're all in this. This is every single one of us. Um, old, young, not even here yet, but maybe coming in another generation. So, so this is important for us to consider because it's for all of us here now and for all who will be coming. So uh, it's, it's important that we have some um, sense of responsibility, shared responsibility for getting clear on what's important um, for sustaining our health, for sustaining our communities, and why this is such an important word for all of us. Well, thank you so much for um, coming in here today and having this conversation with me, um, the way we've been ending all of these podcast episodes a little bit clumsily on my half because on my behalf because I don't know how to end things um I've been we've been saying that every day is earth day um and so I think that that kind of brings it all together you know how this is a continuing thing and future generations mm -hmm. um people who haven't been here yet are this is going to be important to them so mm -hmm. um yeah every day is earth day and we're all stardust <laughs> yes yes that's that's what i have not heard yet so we'll we'll end on that note yeah.